Now, we we just had uh, with us uh, Crispin Son to discuss um, what I will describe as the subtle and insidiousness of racism in private schools. We now have a guest on the line, uh, Ms. Cassandra Hendricks, a uh, past pupil uh, of color at a private girls' school, and to talk to us about the invisible racism, racism at school. Good evening, Cassandra. Good evening, Ishmael. Uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Are you warm, safe, and healthy? As 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 can be expected in these times. Yes. Well, you know, I I've been sending emails around the world to people, and people sending emails to me, and it always starts with "Hi, hope you're well, hope you're safe." And yeah. a friend of mine sent me a letter back and says, "You know, I wish somebody would just send me a message one day, say, Hi, Dave, are you still alive?'" <laughs> That's yeah. Really- <laughs> This is how, yeah. you know, we, we make light of these things, but, you know, this, right. is, this is how we live. You, right. um, we know the entire world is undergoing an examination of racism and more mm-hmm. important systemic and institutionalized racism thanks to Black Lives Matter movement in the United States. And one of these, um, uh, this movement has shone a light on in South Africa in the racist system that occurs in Model C in private schools. Now, this has inspired a lot of people to speak up on their own experiences. Uh, right. You've, you have some insights into this that you'd like to share with us? Oh, well, I had been reading, obviously, along with the whole world, what has been going on, hmm. um, not only in the States, but what has uh, become one of the largest civil rights movements, mm-hmm. if not the largest by now, due to... 21st century and the internet and all those wonderful things right. and um, obviously I came across the you silence we amplify Insta- Instagram group mm. and uh, what alarmed me is that a lot of these experiences were the same kinds of things that I felt when I was at school and I matriculated in 2003 mm. and I sort of thought at the time, you know, between 99 and 2003, that things will change over time because democracy is still so fresh. And I noticed all of these little things, um, what, are, what are now being called microaggressions. Right. Um, I noticed all of these things, but it's, um, as Crispin said earlier, you know, you're just getting through school, going, going, going. There's so many things going on. Um, and you're looking towards the future that, uh, you know, it's not worth time to talk about these things because things will change, but they haven't. Right. Um, and this inspired me to post on the Springfield Past Pupils Union. We have named the school, so oh, I'll continue. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll continue in that, in that vein. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it, it's a public group. So you can see it there. Right. And, um, yeah, and I just wanted to know if anyone else felt this way yeah. when I was there and if they felt like they wanted to share. And so, it's sort of, um, yeah, how, it was a very long thread. How, how, how deep? Actually, before I, before I ask you some direct, mm-hmm. direct questions, we share something in common. Mm. We both look very white. 
Right. I have. Right. I'm. I'm very fair skinned, and I have green eyes. I've been mistaken for absolutely anything and everything in the world. And I and I sound white. <laughs> I have the accent to boot. Well, so. I don't kind of hear same as me. So the, right. So one of the problems I have is actually it's an embarrassing benefit. They hmm. think you're one of them, so they can say things in front of you. Absolutely. And then you turn and you say, <laughs> "You're being a racist," you know. I'm, you know, and then and then they realize, "Oh, sorry." And then they realize you're actually a person of color, and then we're not we're, right. we're not one color. We're, we're we're a range of colors, and so mm -hmm. th they think you're one of them, and and so they say things, and you know we get away with this. And they, and there's a lot of there's a lot of feeling of betrayal, right. maybe like. How how could you be so deceptive in deceiving me for all this time? Um, and maybe and and as a person of color, you know, well, for me, I thought I'm not, I'm not deceiving anyone. I'm just trying to be myself. Right. So, um, so how deep in your experience does this systemic hmm. racism go in elite schools? Well, we, in order to ask that question, we have to look at the system in which this was built upon, right? right? It, was built, it was built in the time of apartheid. What were some of the laws that were there when, when it was built? Right. Some of the laws were we weren't allowed to protest. If, we, if, we, if people of color met in, in a space, I, can't, I don't know if it's three or five people, it was illegal. And so we were seen as criminals. Now, how has that idea infiltrated into the system? This idea that a person of color is a criminal. Mm. Mm. And how can we see, how can we see it? Um, I remember, I, well, just reading from the Instagram posts and seeing how um, some of the people there described that they, um, you know, that they, they felt that people of color would, uh, their parents were spoken about as drug dealers or they got money in really questionable ways. And, um, and to have that criminality always attached to you because of your race um, is one of the after effects of, of a system that was built in the time um, of apartheid. Wow. So this is, this, this is uh, structural. And that's just one aspect. That's, that's this is structural thing. injustice that endures. Yes. Okay. And so um, what are some of the incidents that you experienced uh, as a, personally as a person of color, if you, if you want to share some of it? I, um, I think I wrote about it, and I think that sort of <laughs> did away with all the experiences that I <laughs> had at the top of my head because I've been speaking about this so much recently. And, and the more I speak to people about this, the more people share stories with me and I hear stories and read stories, the more their stories become more pertinent to me in a way. Right, right. No, so um, to try and think of one, and, and like you've said, um, I, I don't present as colored, I present as white. So a lot, for example, none, no one, I could say it in this way, no one would ever judge or doubt my knowledge or question my knowledge or question my authority uh, of my knowledge. Um, whereas I have seen in a classroom, right. um, I've witnessed someone's knowledge get doubted and questioned. 
Okay. And undermined. Right. I, I'm just going to uh, just just hold on to the line there. I have a couple of WhatsApp messages that I'd like to, to read out. Uh, the first one is, uh, are the Dominican sisters calling the shots or is the board driving the agenda against the sisters' wishes? That's from Anonymous. And wow. uh, the other one is uh, the discussion with uh, if C, if uh, Crispin Son is is he if he's unhappy with the school. Uh, remember, you are a very small minority who are unhappy. Move to another school. That's John oh, wow. from Simonstown. Oh uh, wow, John! John. <laughs> so, okay. Did you want to say something? No. I mean, what does he mean by minority? I, yeah, I, if, if Don cares to, to explain, what does he mean by who is in the minority? What Crispin represents, the ideas that he represents, or Crispin himself is in the minority? Crispin as a man of color is in the minority because then he isn't in the minority. Not in Cape Town and not anywhere in South Africa. That's precisely. And then, then we have another WhatsApp message uh, that says, uh, it's quite a long one. It says, in 1999, I was pregnant and in matric at Springfield. The inclusion and alliance I was shown by the teachers at the school was, and this is written in capital letters with four exclamation marks, unprecedented. This man does not know what he's talking about. I never felt the need to assimilate anyone who felt this was a result of their upbringing and the view of the world they thought they lived in. That school is the reason I have an education and any other school would have it expelled me. I am a person of color and matriculant and have family history of the school since 1985 to 1999 of continuous family members at Springfield. What change do you want to see? What exact changes do you want to happen? That's from Lou, Way- Lou Ann Warner Nee Adams, a past pupil of 1999. Um, that's from, uh, you know, in response to Kristen, Kristen Son. Mm. So there is, mm. you know, that, you know, that one person who, mm. was, who was, was quite happy there. Um, so let me ask you, do you think at school your educators uh, or your peers were aware of the discrimination that exists in the system? Uh, um, I think that when I was at school, um, lots of us didn't have the sort of knowledge that is available now about uh, racial discourse and um, oppression. And we didn't have that um, at our disposal to be able to use and, and, and therefore we couldn't recognize it. Um, right. Things are different now. Right. Um, so, I mean, I can't, they, maybe they wouldn't, I've spoken to some of my educators while I was there um, because I'm still friends with them. Right. I don't think that my school is a bad school, right. um, but there were aspects of it that can change. It certainly is. What, is. what are some of the things you want to see changed? Well, I just want to see the dominant culture change. Right. Um, the culture within the school. How do we... And that's, that's it's a difficult question. It's a difficult problem to solve. Is how do we solve these microaggressions? How do we stop it in the moment from happening? Right. And all of us, all of us, myself, everyone, are guilty of maybe using language that 
can hurt other people right. and exclude other people. Yeah. And um, we need to identify it and stop it so it will provide a, a, a nicer community for everyone. Yeah. I, I use the example with um, when Crispin was on the line, um, Cassandra, and it is, it's actually, I didn't just pull it out of the air. It's, uh, one is a, a personal experience. But the personal experience oh, yes, the, was based university, yeah. was based is based on a study uh, by uh, the sociologist Pierre Bourdieu and uh, one of his colleagues. Uh, it's a book, uh, a research called "The Inheritors," and uh, and and one of the arguments, part of that arguments is that, um, and, and 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 let me say this is an example. Mm. You have the body of teachers in. You refer to culture, the culture mm. of the school, the body of teachers that shapes the curriculum. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're then admitted to that culture and you then have to adhere to the culture. They set standards for you, ergo exams. When you mm-hmm. pass that, you have effectively bought into that culture and then they certify you and you can move on. So mm-hmm. this is the power that schools have and this is the way inequality is reproduced. So, you know, you will say you, it, it's, this is Absolutely. how it's reproduced because you're saying the school has a particular culture, the culture infuses, influences the, the curriculum, you uh, pass the exams, uh, you're one of us, and you move on. Mm-hmm. So, how do you respond to that? Then? Um, I'm a teacher too, um, and yeah, to uh, the teacher does most certainly set the tone right. of the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how does? Someone who has never been oppressed teach oppression um, in a way that shows uh, that they want to understand the experience of it and they want their students to understand the experience of it because there are students in that classroom who have experienced and still continue to experience it. Right. Right. It's, um, it's the thing is, 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 is when I, you know, I used to tell people when you listen, you don't listen with your ears, you listen with your body, you listen with your, right. eye, your, your eyes, you listen with your ears. Right. And Absolutely. So, so, so this is how, tra- what transformation is about. Transformation is not just about ticking the right boxes, it's holistic. Exactly. It's completely holistic. So, you know. Right. And, uh, and, and a lot of it, um, you know, we, it's new. Because we haven't gotten it right, otherwise we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. Absolutely, but listen. And, um, mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Time to go. I just wanted to thank you for for being on the show <laughs> with us. And uh, thank you very much. And no, no, no problem. I will. Uh, you know, um, thanks for for being on the show. With us. That was Cassandra Hendricks, a former pupil at an elite all girls school.